Thank you for that. He is the one that we adore. He is the one that gives us hope and grace. Uh, I'm excited today. Me too. Uh, oh boy. Oh boy, we're going to have a great time today. You're talking to me already. This is Mission Sunday. Missions is one of those times of the year uh, that has always been dear to my heart because I heard my call to the gospel ministry at a missions conference at my old church. I went to church that Sunday not expecting God to do a work in my life. I went there, number one, because I love my wife. And she said, we're going to church this Sunday. I said, okay. And I went, and I heard the preacher say, who will send them? And then he said these words, here I am, I will go. And that hit my heart. I heard that message. I heard Isaiah 6 many a time. But God hit my heart differently that day. It caused me sleepless nights. I kept hearing, here I am. Send me. Anybody had sleepless nights before? Were you kind of beating up the bed? And back then we had a queen size bed. And my wife's this size. And I'm this size, so I like to take up all the room. In my tossing and turning, I believed I kicked her out of bed one night because I was wrestling with the call to the gospel ministry. Why was I wrestling with that call? Why didn't I just want to submit? The problem became is I did not have the proper view of God. I thought God needed a perfect person not just a person willing to be used by him to admit that you're not perfect. Anybody here willing to say they're not perfect? Every hand should go up. Hi, I give you two. If you talk to anybody in my family, they'll tell you I'm not perfect. But what I can tell you is I serve a perfect savior. He's the one that justified me. He's the one that gave me the message that I have to share. So it's not me that you see up here. It's him working through me so that you can hear the call to missions. The reason why I love Mike so much, I met Mike at a missions conference. You're going to hear this theme in a minute. It was over 15 years ago. Mike was working with college students on a college campus, and he came and shared at our church missions conference about how God was moving in young people's lives. That gripped me. I was wrestling with God again. And Mike gave this plea like the third time he came to our conference. He said, well, you know, if you ask me what you need, Mike said, would you just loan me Barry for a little while? I'm like, Mike, be quiet. I got a good thing here. I'm doing good in ministry here. Once again, God called me out of my comfort zone. 
and I started going to Towson University. Tuesday nights, their meetings. 30 to 40 college students meeting, excited about God, singing God's praises. God was moving in that ministry. And then Mike said, why don't you come and share? I was like, I'm a youth pastor. mm, College students are a little fickle. Mike said, come on. So I came and shared. And once again, God started rustling in my heart that, Barry, stop putting yourself in such a box. My people need to hear the message, no matter whether they're children, no matter they're teens, no matter they're young adults, no matter if they're seniors. They need to hear that Jesus saves. It does not matter. We need to understand the gospel, the good news that God has given us to share. So on this Missions Monday, Sunday, we're going to talk about the mission of the messenger. The mission of the messenger. Pray with me. Father in heaven, we're coming here, God, in no strength of our own, to give you glory and to give you praise, because you truly are worthy of all our praise. Thank you for calling out to us to serve you. God, thank you for the places that you've placed us in employment to be light and salt to those who don't know you. Encourage our hearts today through your word that we would live as faithful followers of Christ, that we would see many come to Christ through our witness, through our words, and through the works that you have for us to do. But God, maybe there's one here today has not experienced the good news of the gospel. I pray that you would open up their hearts and their minds today that they would hear afresh and that they would surrender their hearts and their minds to you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying our series in uh, Malachi, the Old Testament. Uh, It's truly blessed my heart. Uh, There were three things that pretty much stood out in our messages. the people in Malachi's time needed to renew their fear of God. They had a distorted view of who their God was, so God had to remind them. And then they needed to repent when God reminded them. And then they needed to be faithful to God's covenant. Anybody, does that ring true to anybody here today? God sometimes needs to show us who he is so that we understand who we are and how we need to repent of some things in our life. And so, in this journey, God's been showing me, Barry, I've been giving you a lot, but you haven't always stepped to what I've been giving you. You know, life's about relationships. I'm here at Valley because of Mike, because he came to a missions conference over 15 years ago. Now, if we're, if we're going to be honest, I would not have envisioned myself here at Valley serving with Mike. I envisioned myself praying with Mike when he started telling me he was coming to Valley. I said, okay, it's prayer time. It's go time. Let's go to God. 
I didn't know I was praying for me. I didn't know that included me to come to see God do a work. But part of seeing God do a work, he's got to do a work in me first. Too many times we're looking for God to do a work in somebody else. I'm telling you, the reason why I got here, my assignment was over at my old church. My pastor said, okay, Barry, it's time to go. He had been telling me that for a couple years. I'm like, PA, we're good. We, we can ride this thing out. 2020 hit. January 2020, he said, Barry, this is your last year. I said, what? He said, Barry, this is the last year. March of 2020. COVID hit. Right? Remember that. So COVID hits. January, he said, this is it. So I got 12 months to figure out what's the next step. God was working that whole time. Because it gave me time to see God in a new light. A lot of times we get used to God doing the supernatural, as I would say it. God does miracles every day. And every day we start taking those miracles for granted. God had to show me that the church that I served before was not my God. Isn't that kind of hard for a preacher to say that? Yeah, I felt that way when God took me in the wilderness and said, Barry, you started worshiping the church instead of me. Now I have to take you into the wilderness to show you who I am. It's kind of what he did with Israel. Every time Israel got in trouble, he would say, okay, I need to take you back to the Exodus. I need to take you back. You need to remember. So let's look at what it says in Malachi chapter 4, verse 4. Uh, it says, remember the instructions of Moses, my servant, the statutes and ordinances I commanded him at Horeb for all of Israel. Let's stop right there. He's starting to set up what I call a defining moment. And what I like about a defining moment, Andy Stanley uh, defines it as this. A defining moment happens when you come face to face with a truth about life that invites you to change the way you live. Let me read that again. A defining moment happens when you come face to face with a truth about life that invites you to change the way you live. Israel was coming to that point where they had to come to truth with who their God was. Too many times we distort our view of who God is. We dummy God down to who we are so that our minds can wrap themselves around. Give you an example. COVID hits. Everybody's trying to figure out what is God doing? Why would God allow COVID to hit? God allowed COVID to hit so we could see him for who he is. 
the power that he has to stop the stock market, to stop life, to get people to recognize that he is the one that makes everything move. There was a football player that, that fell on the football field. He stopped breathing. The whole world saw that. Monday night football. No other football's happening. All of a sudden, people from all over start praying. My question, which God are you praying to? It ain't but one God I know. He is the creator. He is the sustainer. He is the provider of all life. He sent his son to die for us. But not only did he die, he stayed in the grave three days. The grave couldn't hold him, but he rose on the third day. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But you saw all types of people praying for that young man to come back to life. So what happens is when, when tragedy hits, it pushes people to start praying. I can tell you, some of the reason why I stand today in the places that I stand is because when I wasn't a preacher, my wife was praying. When I wasn't following God, my wife was praying. And what happens is we give up on prayer. We expect God to move in our time. Can I tell you God sits outside of time? God created time for us. That's why a couple weeks ago Mike said a thousand years is but one day to God. I don't care where a loved one is in their journey called life. As long as they have breath, don't stop praying. Don't give up because God is working. God is drawing people to himself. That's what he's reminding Israel. Israel, you were of no stature. You were one of the least of all nations, but guess what? I chose you. And because I chose you, you are something. Don't ever forget, I chose you. Remember the instructions Moses gave. That if, you, if you get time this week, go through Exodus. Look at the ten plagues. Look at the tenth one. He said, uh-oh, it's coming. I'm getting ready to take you out of here. We're getting ready to go on a journey. This is going to be a doozy. You're going to have to put blood on the door. I can see some of us now. God, you want me to put blood where? You want me to kill that and put it on my doorpost? If I'm going to be honest, I'd question them too. But you saw the nine other ones. I don't want my firstborn taken, so I'm going to follow God. So he's saying, remember, the way you were obedient back then, I need you to be obedient today. Why? Why, God? Because that group was supposed to be a light to the nations. They represented their God to the other nations. Well, when you start acting like the other nations, 
You're bringing your God down to the other nation's level. God says, I'm holy. I'm going to remind you how holy I am. Moses, gather everybody together. Tell them to consecrate themselves. Uh-oh. When God says consecrate yourself, he didn't just say one day. He said three days. I need you for three days to consecrate yourself. Exodus 19. When you have time, read the story. But in Exodus 19, listen to these words in verses 3 to 6. We don't have it on the screen. It says, Moses went up to the mountain, and the Lord called to him from the mountain. This is what you must say to the house of Jacob and explain to the Israelites. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will carefully obey, listen to me and keep my covenant, you will be my own possession out of all the peoples Although the whole earth is mine, now, and you will be my kingdom of priests and my holy nation. These are my words that you are to say to the Israelites. God's reminding them. He is the one that called them. But look at what he called them, a holy nation. They were called to be set apart. You know, I like the ocean. How many people like the ocean? Come on, y'all. Y'all like the ocean? How many like people, how many like to go on a boat? I knew I had some boat riders here. Hey, Bill, you got a boat, right? How come I ain't never been on a boat yet? Don't answer that, Bill. Don't answer that. Bill's a friend of mine. Um, the beautiful thing about being on the ocean, you just feel so free. But the, the only problem is, is when the ocean gets in the boat. Anybody hit panic when the, boat, when the water starts coming on? That's what God's calling the people of God. It's okay to be in the world, but don't let the world get in you. Don't let the world start affecting how you live. Remember, I'm holy. I called you to be holy, so therefore, consecrate yourself. You're getting ready to meet the God that created all things. So he said, Moses, tell them to consecrate themselves. They're getting ready to come up. They're getting ready to see me. And the Bible says, the mountain was filled with smoke and fire and lightning. And at the base of the mountain, God said, put a perimeter. You need to put a perimeter and sanctify it. Anybody that touches that, kill him. God, kill him? Well, suppose there's a little one that just wants to be cured. Kill him. I can't be in the presence of sin. I think that's the God we have a hard time with, how holy he is. We've dumbed him down so much that he's like us. But I want you to see today, he's so much greater than we are. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy 4, 10 through 13. It says, the day you stood before the Lord 
your God at Horeb, the Lord said to me, assemble the people before me, and I will let them hear my words so that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth and may instruct their children, stop right there, that they may learn to be in awe of me, that they may learn who I truly am. But did you catch what he said? That they may instruct who? Their children. I think some of that has gone away. We forgot that we are to share what God did in our life with our kids so that they may see and they may worship the same God we do. I had a conversation with my daughter, Britt. She's going to graduate school, the one that danced here. She's like, Dad, I got in. I'm like, great. Harold, you know the next question she said? With that admittance, I have to make a deposit. And Jim, I said, great. She's like, Dad, did you have to make a deposit when I went to college? Yeah. Well, Dad, will you? No. No. Mm-mm. This is your journey with God. And Mike, I got real super spiritual on him. I said, Britt, did you pray about this? Yes. Did you ask God to do this? Yes. What's the problem, Britt? I don't know. I said, the problem, Britt, is you're not putting faith in God, you're putting faith in you. If God called you to something, he's also going to prepare a way to get there. I ain't going to tell you how much this little girl has in her bank account that she's questioning God. I'm like, with a closed fist, God can't put something else in it. But if you open your fist and walk by faith and not by sight, God will make a way. I'm sure people in here will testify to that. And what I told her to, I was like, why did you ask God for that if you weren't going to believe him when he gave you the acceptance letter? Faith gets scary when it costs you something. Faith is easy to sit in a pew. Isn't it? But when it costs you to come out of your comfort zone, when it costs you to spend money to have coffee with somebody, to hear their story, to see where God may be working in their life, David, it may take three coffees. You know what? It may take a Chick-fil-A meal. I've done plenty of Chick-fil-A's, and I've seen God work. But it calls us to remember who God is. He consecrated us to be set apart to him so that we can be a light to people. But this is where we have a problem. It also says in Malachi chapter 5, 
I mean, chapter 4, verse 5, it says, Look, I am going to send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. You, you know, when you're a messenger, sometimes you have to deliver a, a tough word. And this, this actually was fulfilled through John the Baptist in his day. You remember when Dag went into serve as a, as a high priest and the angel of the Lord all of a sudden showed up and told him that he was going to have a son? And he was like, how will I know? He said, okay, you, you, you want to know? You won't speak until it actually happens. That's how you'll know. But listen to what the angel told him. I want you to hear these words. Luke 1, 17, it says, And he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the father to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. See, God was already working, and he was working and telling him what's getting ready to happen, but he wasn't ready to receive what God was doing in his life. And so John the Baptist, the Bible says, came full of the Holy Spirit, preaching. Look at what he said in Matthew 3, 1 through 2. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judah, Judea, saying, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent. Repent. Stop putting your faith in you, because the kingdom of God is near. Well, if there's a kingdom, there has to be a king, right? He was letting them know that the king was coming. I think when we get to that point of sharing our faith, we back up when we tell people they have to repent. Because for us, that sounds like a bad word, right? Has anybody ever told you you needed to repent? Uh-oh, I got a witness over here. I'm not going to say you, but normally when you tell me I got to repent, I'm mounting a defense. I'm going to tell you all the reasons why I'm right and all the reasons why your observation skills aren't good. Let's just put it that way. I just put it nicely. And that's when, Harold, me and my wife get into these intense moments of fellowship. I call them they close huddles. And she would have said, now, Barry, you know, you probably shouldn't have said that to Britt because she's super sensitive. And I was like, well, she got to grow up sometime. The world's not nice. Then she goes on to tell me, well, maybe she needed to feel 
you to feel her pain before you gave her the remedy. I said, that's girl talk. I'm like, that's for the movies. I'm a man. I don't feel. I solve. You come to me with a problem, we're going to solve it. Right, Phil? Say amen, Phil. All right, I'll make sure you're awake. Men are solvers. But Christ was a feeler. He sought out those that were hurting. He sought out those that needed help. He said, I didn't come to heal the righteous, but those that are sick. And I read that again, and I'm like, wow. God, help me with my empathy and my mercy. Help me to see how I can reach more people by sometimes just getting in it with them and feeling with them before I tell you you need to repent. I think we lead with that repentance first before we've seen their journey, before we understood all those God moments that we can point to in their life. But sometimes we need to feel their pain. People are hurting, and they need us to be a witness. And they need to hear our testimony, recognizing that all have sinned and fallen what? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, we're falling asleep. All have what? And what? Okay, Mike, help me. All in the Greek is what? All. Oh, good job. I'm going over here to Jim. Jim, all means what? Okay, go back to sleep, Jim. All means all. There's not a person who has not sinned. So we all need God's grace and mercy. We all need to be rescued. So don't think just because they look a certain way They can't be rescued. I say I was a rather attractive heathen. I'm gonna be honest. I was pretty looking. I wasn't hard to look at. The older I got, I got worse. But when I was in the world, I thought I was yeah. witness let the church say amen we can close the sermon on that one but the reality is we forget where God brought us from all our journeys aren't the same all our sins aren't the same but they all come from a place of pride we can identify with that so when you call for someone to repent, remember how God called you to repent. He revealed his holiness to you. So we need to reveal God's holiness and let the Spirit of God start working on their heart and you'll watch them say, what must I do to be saved? 
part of this journey is understanding we need to repent of some things. Because the longer we walk with God, sometimes we think we're privileged. Let's just be honest. But we were wretches, lost, and undone. And lastly, we got to learn to cry out for people. Malachi 4.1 says, look, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, when all the arrogant and everyone who commits wickedness will become stubble. The coming day will, will consume them, says the Lord of armies, not leaving them root or branches. I don't know about you. That's a convicting verse. Judgment day is coming. No man knows the day nor the hour. Who is God going to have you cry out on behalf? That God would save them. That God would use you in that journey of their salvation. I think if we start seeing God the way he's revealed himself in Scripture, we'll remember how holy he is. I think if we look at Jesus, who left heaven, to be clothed in humanity and to be rejected by his creation, if he could humble himself and serve, I think we could too. John 17, 17. Jesus' high priestly prayer. This is what he prayed for his disciples. Listen to this. He asked God to sanctify them by the word of God. Because the word of God is truth. My prayer for myself, my prayer for you, is that you may be set apart by the Word of God and that you would see why God's placed you where he's placed you. Uh, Bill, good friend of mine, uh, knew what happened at my old church and was like, uh, he gave me a call and said, Barry, we need you in the school system. School system? He said, yeah, they got a position. It's open. I think you'll be great for it. Uh, I was praying that God would open doors. First, God opened my, Mike's door. Mike said, you're coming to Valley. I said, no, I'm not, Mike. God will provide. That's what he does. Okay, God, I'm going to Valley. And I meet great people like Jim, who sits on stage with me. And when I need help in my sermon, Jim helps. He knows the notes, don't you, Jim? Oh, yeah. Yeah, look at that paper. Um, but then he said, this position will be perfect for you. Come on. Kids need you. I'm like, people don't need me. They need Jesus. But what I didn't understand, they needed my witness in that building. True story. Young man, one of my high flyers in the building, 
had his phone taken and thrown across the room, and it broke. Now, usually this young man, a fight would have incurred in the cafeteria. As I was walking and talking with him, he said, you know, they told me that God would show up in times of when you don't expect him. And he said, you know what, I prayed last night that God would reveal himself to you. I'm like, whoa, where's this coming from? Me and this, this kid does not know I'm a preacher. He knows nothing about my history, and all of a sudden he's talking about God and wanting to know God. I got a chance to be a witness that God has revealed himself in three ways, in nature, through the scriptures, and through his son, the Lord Jesus. And he said, they just keep telling me I got to believe. I was like, oh God. Separation of church and state. I'm, I'm thinking of always getting, I'm getting ready to get fired. I wasn't there a good, good month. Let me get ready to say bye-bye, Barry. God was already working in that young man's life. He just needed direction. God placed me there for such a time as this. Esther, for such a time as this, where has God placed you for such a time as this? The days are evil right now. But understand, God has a remnant. He always has a remnant. Where has he placed you on this mission Sunday that you see him working in somebody's life that just needs to hear the good news? Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. It's not in us. God is drawing people to himself. The question for you and I is, will you stand up and be set apart for the master's use? Today is the day of salvation. If you have never put your face in Christ, today is the day of salvation. The Bible says, harden not your heart. Believe. So as I close today, we heard earlier in the call to worship, we are ambassadors of Christ. We take Christ wherever we go. Christ has not called for perfect people, but he's called for perfect obedience. You say, I don't know enough. Do what you know. And what you do know, as an ambassador, you represent Christ wherever you go. In word, thought, and deed. Will you stand up with me this year and let your light shine? Because I had a choice when that young man started talking about God in school. I could have shrunk back and said, God, I can lose my job for this where I could have stepped forward and leaned in and shared Christ with him.
I chose to share Christ because I define why I'm there to make a difference. Why has God placed you wherever you're placed? And it's not easy. I'm not going to stand up here. I'm telling you, I went through all these things. And if you've been married, and you got to come home and tell you, well, I knew I wasn't supposed to, because she's first going to ask me, well, why you do it? See, there's some married people in here. They, they understand. So I went through that whole conversation before I... Because it's a long walk from where he was to where my room is. So in that walk, me and God are having this conversation. God, really? I really can lose my job. But his soul is so much more valuable than a job. Because God can provide another job. But I can only get one opportunity, and I need to use the best of it. Look for God to move in your life today. On this Mission Sunday, mark it as that defining moment that you heard the truth that God is calling his people to be called out and to be witnesses. And if you have yet to be called out, hear the call to salvation today. Scott, as you come, Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for how you called out a remnant to yourself to be witnesses to a world who does not know you. Help us to be faithful in our witness. But that one today, God, that may be watching on the stream or who may be in our midst, that may be wrestling with the truth of the gospel, I pray today would be a defining moment that they choose to walk with you, that they choose to surrender all to you because you are faithful you are just, and you are holy. This is your kingdom that you're building. This is your church that you're building. Send those that you would have to serve faithfully here. Whatever God's speaking to your heart, respond. And all God's people said, amen. <laughs>